Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It's Wednesday, January 26th, 2022. I'm Andrew Hanson alongside Josh Crash Davis. And we're here for Championship Sunday. We've got the AFC Championship game at 3 o'clock, NFC Championship game at 6.30. And Crash, is there any possible way that these two games can live up to the four games we had last weekend? I don't think it's possible. That was the most insane weekend of playoff football I've ever seen. I mean, every game coming down to the last second, the last, you know, possession, the last, just the last everything. <laughs> so it was epic. And, you know, at the very least, we have some rematches here. So very, you know, lots of intrigue. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about it. It's a, it's a terrific weekend. You're you're uh, certainly ready for the occasion with your new coach talk gear, looking sharp. Yeah, uh, so that's good. We were uh, contemplating having a three man booth this week, but Omaha Joe had to call an audible, so he won't be on tonight. But we wanted to get this out here midweek to get everybody ready uh, because it's a it's a mixture of of slates. We're going to focus on the two game slates here as we break this down. But of course, we'll have the showdown lineups for our members as well, covering. DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo. But let's jump right into the first game here, Crash. AFC Championship and rematch of what uh, another epic game when Burrow threw for 446 and four mm-hmm. touchdowns in that 34-31 win over the Chiefs, and Chase had 266 yards receiving and three touchdowns. A really memorable day for Cincinnati helped keep them on that track to eventually win the division, mm-hmm. get that first playoff win in decades. And, man, uh, they're going to be fired up uh, throughout Ohio here for this one. Now, what are the chances they can match that? You know, I probably not. But uh, Kansas City, you know, the thing about uh, their defense is mm-hmm. second half of the season they were much better. Yeah. But lately, you know, they've been pretty vulnerable through the mm-hmm. air. Yeah, you know, there was obviously that game was enormous. Uh, what Buffalo did last week was very impressive. Uh, they just couldn't stop them, and really, they've scored touchdowns. They've given up touchdowns in about every single way you can, mm-hmm. in terms of the secondary guys tripping, you know, miscommunications, getting beat deep. Uh, you know, they've really been struggling here. So I think Cincinnati is in a pretty good spot. I really like their passing attack here. And it is the best way to attack the Chiefs. They've given up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, so I really do like Burrow again here. I like that he's cheaper than Mahomes. This mm-hmm. is obviously the uh, projected to be a higher scoring game here. 54 and a half is the total. KC favored by seven. Yeah. But I like Burrow here a lot. 6,600 on DraftKings. Mahomes is 74. And he's 1,300 cheaper on FanDuel. Um I'm really thinking about him as my cash quarterback this week. What do you think about that? I think that's going to be a contrarian play. Um, I think Mahomes is going to get most of the ownership. I'm leaning more towards Mahomes personally. I uh, just feel like he's in a, a heck of a groove right now. And I don't really think that Cincinnati is going to do that much to slow that down. So I definitely like Mahomes, but, you know, I could definitely see, you know, Burrow, the way that that defense has struggled, their secondary, I mean, Gabriel Davis almost put up numbers like, like Jamar Chase did. So, you know, it's just been crazy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I 
I do trust Mahomes. I just don't know if I want to pay that extra price. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it as you break down the Chiefs. The, the other thing I want to talk about with Burrow is last week, you know, if you just look at the fantasy points, you might think, well, you know, he didn't quite do it. But let's mm-hmm. not forget, he threw for 348 yards against Tennessee. He just didn't yeah. have any passing touchdowns. Uh, Mixon had that rushing touchdown, and then it was a field goal fest. So, you know, I think he'll bounce back and throw for multiple touchdown passes. And the next challenge is going to be which which guy to pick. Mm-hmm. Chase is obviously uh, ultra-dynamic. Uh, went for over 100 yards against Tennessee again. But Higgins actually out-targeted him. Right. Um, you know, and I could see Higgins running some routes like Davis, some long, you know, uh, in routes. And mm-hmm. um, Chase, if you, if you watch the tape uh, when they played before, really he was more up the sideline, uh, yeah. just the deep routes. You know, he did catch that one. He kind of cut across the field. But, you know, he won some one-on-one battles. And the other thing here is, in that game, uh, I thought KC did a decent job on, on some of the one-on-one coverage with Ward against Chase. And it just so happened that Burrow made good passes and, and Chase won the 50-50 balls. And I don't think right. we can expect him necessarily to do that again. Um, so I think Higgins has a chance to pay off and, and return better value than Chase. Mm-hmm. But the other thing here is you, you can't really ignore that it, it seems that Burrow is going to chase here early and often and kind of, you know, getting started with him, getting into a rhythm. And Higgins is sort of that secondary option. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when push comes to shove, I, I do think he'll target Chase. But uh, what do you think about those two? Because I'm, you know, uh, that's the other hard thing to do is I, I can't see myself putting a lineup out there without one of these receivers. Um, but we got to figure out which one. Yeah. Oh, I think it's, it's going to come down to, you know, if you're going to pay up, if you're going to pay up for Chase or Hill or Samuel, you know, those would be the main three guys I think that you'd want to pay up. And then of course, Cooper Cup kind of in his own category, almost price wise. Um, so, you know, one of those three guys, I'm probably leaning more towards Tyree Kill than Jamar Chase, but I could definitely see, you know, I could definitely see where he has another big game. Um, I think people are going to chase that game a little bit, no pun intended. Right. And, uh, and um, you know, so hopefully he won't have that monster game and, and uh, my contrarian play will be, you know, the right move. I'm hoping. Okay. Well, we've got Boyd uh, and Azama to consider as well. And, you know, Cincinnati, uh, just looking back here and thinking things through, their offense has really been consolidated, kind of like the Rams – Mm-hmm. where, you know, it's really just those three receivers, Chase Higgins and Boyd and Uzama. Sample hasn't been targeted in a couple weeks. Uh, and then you've got Mixon. Um, so that's the the good thing. is easier to zero in on the options compared to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when they get in the, in the red zone, there's like 12 different things that can happen. Right. Uh, out of about 25 different formations. For sure. Um but Boyd is is another guy to consider. Forty two hundred on DraftKings, nice price for PPR. Didn't do too much last week. He only got three targets. I thought he would do more. There were a couple of plays where he was open and and Burrow just went elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So the possibility was there. And if you look at what uh, Beasley did last week against Kansas City in the slot, six for sixty. Uh, so I do think there'll be opportunities for Boyd. 
obviously he's not as much of a touchdown upside guy, but the price is nice. So he's, mm. he's in my player pool. Yeah. Uzama, I was impressed with last week, seven for 71, but Casey's pretty solid against tight ends in the regular season matchup. Mm. He was four for 32. Um, so I would lean Boyd if you were going to pay down for one of those guys. And then Mixon, obviously a huge part of the offense gets the vast majority of, of the touches. You know, P Ryan is just sort of an afterthought. Yeah. Uh, and, and Mixon, he got seven catches against Kansas city in that regular season game, six catches last week against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So that's attractive on P on PPR, but 6,800 on DraftKings. You know, if you go to him there, you probably have to sacrifice one of these big receivers that you just listed off. Yeah. You know, really there's one on each team that, that we want. Um, so I'm leaning towards the passing game and fading Mixon. Mm. Are you uh, thinking similarly? Yeah, it's interesting. I'm actually in, in my tournaments anyway, I'm looking the opposite way. Um, I, I kind of like Mixon because I think that, you know, Kansas City saw what what uh, Tennessee did, you know, getting after Burrow nine times. Um, they sacked him nine times. And I think that Cincinnati will try and, um, you know, try and use that that running game a little bit and um, try and protect Joe Burrow a little bit better in this game. So rely on the run and then in the screen game too, you know, I think Mixon could play a key role in that too. So excellent. All right. Well, yeah, like you said, that that's an important uh, feature of this matchup is how does that offensive line do? They Mm -hmm. were not good against Tennessee. Uh, Pro football focus has them as a negative 29% pass blocking advantage. Uh, So thank you to our partners over there for everything they've done throughout this season and, and the playoffs. Um, but I'm curious about your take on Kansas City. I know you follow them very closely, and they are the seven-point favorites here. They lost, you know, that high-scoring game in the regular season. Are they going to get revenge mm-hmm. here and head to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I do think they are. Um, I think that, you know, this this is kind of feeling like 2019 all over again. They literally are, are possibly looking at a matchup with San Francisco once again. So everything's kind of falling in line for that to happen. Um, their offense is really starting to find momentum like they did that year um, with, you know, the added element of Jarek McKinnon. They just have another weapon as if, you know, they need another weapon. They found one. Right. Um, so, you know, they're not just they're not just relying on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey like they were for a little while there. So that leads me to why I really like Patrick Mahomes. He's spreading the ball around. He's being very patient. Um, last time against Cincinnati in week 17, he had a below average game. He had 26 out of 35 completions for 259 and two touchdowns, only 20.9 DraftKings points. The last couple of weeks, he's had 40 point DraftKings points. He had 30 for 39 for 404 and five touchdowns against Pittsburgh. And then last week he had 33 for 44 for 378 and three touchdowns. Also had seven carries for 69 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, for 43 DraftKings points against Buffalo. I don't know if he's going to get up to the 40s, but I think that the high 20s, low 30s is definitely, you know, more than capable of doing that. So for cash, I'm definitely looking at Mahomes this week. Yeah, I I see your point there. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, He really did step up, didn't he? Uh, And he was aggressive Mm -hmm. on the ground. Great diving touchdown on the ground. And then 13 seconds, he did exactly yeah. what he needed to do to get these guys into overtime. 
So if you uh, if you run Mahomes out there, are you going to pair him up with a couple of those Chiefs pass catchers? Yeah, um, and and as I mentioned, I also like Jarek McKinnon. You know the way they're using him, especially in the passing game. He's getting like seven targets a game lately. Um, you know he he wasn't as much a part of their offense in Week 17 when they played the Bengals the first time, or he really wasn't at all. I don't think he had any points that game. Yeah, he um, didn't. But, he was out there, but he didn't have any touches because remember that was Daryl Williams when he was leading. Oh yeah. The charge and he had 88 yards rushing and two scores he caught three for 19 ceh mm-hmm. didn't play so that was back when williams was the guy yeah and man how times have changed quickly yeah in just three weeks basically since then um you know he's had 14 26 and 12 DraftKings points in our last three games so at 5100 you know it's a decent price and um he's going to be involved in the passing game like i said and the goal line and stuff like that so Definitely like Jarek McKinnon. Of course, Tyreek Hill. Um, Cincinnati was dead, you know, in the middle average against wide receivers this year, allowing the 16th most fantasy points. In week 17, he was pretty well held in check. He only had um, 40 catches, but he was targeted 10 times. So I think if he gets that many targets, he's going to have a a much bigger game this week. Um, And then last week, you know, against Buffalo, he had, a huge game. He had 11 catches for 150 yards and that long 64-yard touchdown there to help send the game to overtime uh, and was targeted 13 times. So I do like Tyreek Hill. Um, Byron Pringle, he is the 4,300 on DraftKings, so I like that price for him. He's definitely established himself as that third pass-catching option behind Hill and Kelsey. And, um, you know, I think that he's he's in a great spot, especially in tournaments. And then, of course, Kelsey. Um, Cincinnati's allowed the six most fantasy points to tight ends. He's 6,500 on DraftKings, so you do have to pay up for him a little bit. Uh, but I think that, you know, he's going to be a key play for me. And he has the highest matchup advantage of any tight end this week uh, with a 55% matchup advantage when he's up against Jermaine Pratt. So I do like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I'm pretty similar with you on the on the skill position players. I do like McKinnon, especially on DraftKings, because of those targets. I also like CEH. Um, you know, last week McKinnon outtouched him against mm-hmm. Buffalo. McKinnon had 10 carries and five catches. CEH only had seven carries and one catch, but I thought he looked really good when he was running it. Yeah. Seven carries for 60 yards. He had that one play at the goal line where he missed the the little flip from Mahomes, mm. which was probably, you know, a mixture of rust and maybe not practicing enough. Right. Recently, also Mahomes probably threw it to him a, a hair early, mm-hmm. um, but just the way that he looked running the ball, I think is important here. Uh, Casey actually has a sixty-eight percent run blocking advantage, according to PFF this week, which is the number one advantage on the slate. Mm. So I like that. I also am thinking about McKinnon, where he had a couple of hiccups last week. He did fumble, and sure. then remember that reception in the fourth quarter that he could have had but he just stepped yeah. on the sideline mm-hmm. you know it kind of felt like is he is he a little bit nervous here is, is is the moment a little bit too big for him and i just think andy reed is going to put a little bit more trust back in ceh so you yeah, know that makes sense yeah so you know i i kind of lean towards ceh uh as if i had to only play one I am looking at a couple builds where I put them both out there. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think that 
uh, KC certainly wants to keep the ball out of Burrow's hands. We know right. that they're terrific at passing it, and it's the better matchup for for KC to pass it. But if they can run it, I think they will, and I think they'll try mm-hmm. with Ceh and and I don't. It's not like he's going to all of a sudden vault to 100 percent of the touches or even close, like you know, mix in category. Yeah. Uh, so I think McKinnon will still be involved, um, but you know I, I do think Ceh will have a bigger percentage of the touches here this week. Yeah, and then I, I agree. And and what you said is a good point about him fumbling and him possibly being a little bit too big of a moment. You know, right now it's even bigger because they're planning to go to the Super Bowl. So. Can't get much bigger. Yeah. So with those pass catchers, uh, yeah. To add on to what you said about Hill and the, the 40 yards, six catches in their first matchup. There was a, one of the targets, it was a long one, a deep pass that he just basically dropped. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily could have been like a 50-yard reception. So yeah. I think the upside is there, uh, as we saw again with Buffalo. And, mm-hmm. you know, this. I think there are some weeks where Andy Reid just kind of schemes up special plays for guys like Pringle or Hardman. But with the Super Bowl trip on the line, this is where you use your best guys, and Hill mm-hmm. is just the incredible weapon yeah. uh, with ultimate speed. So I, I think he's uh, he's got really big upside here in this matchup. And once again, for me, it's the question of Hill or Kelsey. You know, I, I guess you could go with both of them uh, in certain build, but you know, if you had to go with one, which way are you going? If I had to go with one, I would lean with Kelsey. Um, I just think that, you know, it, it's just a little bit more dependable for me than Tyreek Hill. We've, we've seen games where he just kind of disappears. But Kelsey, for the most part, especially at home, he's been very consistent. So, Yeah, yeah there's a lot to be said for that, the cash approach with, with Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, Gray is the, you know, the value tight end who's gotten a little bit more involved. He's the one that ran that option play that didn't work. Right. Uh, he did have two catches against Buffalo. So if you wanted to punt the position, mm-hmm. uh, you could look there. But I also like Pringle, like you said, if you want to go cheaper uh, yeah. for the KC side. Yeah, and McCole Hardman, too. I think those guys are both in play. Yep. All right, before we hit the game two, I just want to invite everybody to join us this weekend for lineups. Go to DFSCoachTalk.com if you want to become part of the family, and we'll give out those lineups Sunday afternoon, but uh, whenever you join, you'll get access to all of our sports. We've got NBA going seven days a week, PGA off and running, and MLB right around the corner. So uh, check out the website. Any questions, you can reach out to us on on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. All right, game two, Crash. It is the NFC Championship game, 6.30 Eastern on Sunday. 49ers and Rams have played twice before. 49ers have won both of those games, mm-hmm. but now we've got the Rams as three and a half point favorites, a much lower total here than the first game. It's 46. And you've got the 49ers side here for us. Are they going to go for three in a row or you like the Rams side better? You know, I'm, I'm pretty torn on this game. You know, it's, it's six straight, you know, that they've won against the Rams San Francisco has. So it's hard for me to pick against them from that standpoint. But this Rams team, I mean, they went into Tampa. They pretty much blew out, you know, the Bucks for most of that game. And then the Bucks came back, obviously, at the end. But that was a lot of L.A. messing up. <laughs> yes, know, it was. Back in the game. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think that this LA team right now is really hitting their stride and I could definitely see them winning, but if, if they don't, I think it's going to go kind of like what the week 18 game went very close game back and forth. And, you know, guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle, I could see those guys having a big game to, to, um, put them over the top. Yeah. It, it is hard to, you know, pick against the 49ers with, how they've done against the Rams, but I, I really like how the Rams are trending. Uh, but the funny thing about DFS is, you know, even if the Rams win, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have the best fantasy right. plays. So, so talk to us about this 49er side from a DFS perspective. Um, I mean, everything they're doing right now <clears throat> kind of all starts and ends with Debo Samuel. So um, he's 8,400 on FanDuel. He's 7,200 on DraftKings. Last time they played, he even threw for a touchdown. So, you know, you, you got the element of surprise um, that, you know, L.A. will be a little bit more aware of this time. So maybe that won't work if they try that again. Um, but, yeah, he threw a 24-yard touchdown to Jawan Jennings. Uh, he also had eight carries for 45 yards and a touchdown in that game. Had four receptions for 95 yards on six targets. So had 29 DraftKings points. And then week 10, he had five carries for 36 yards, a touchdown, and five catches for 97 yards and a receiving touchdown for 30 DraftKings points. So almost almost the same score in both games, and I would expect him to put up big numbers once again as long as he's healthy enough. Um, he is still dealing with, with that injury a little bit, so we'll have to see, you know, how he looks out there. But assuming that he's ready to go, you know, I would expect big numbers from Samuel again. Yeah, that first matchup where you mentioned the five carries, five – receptions a touchdown both ways that was really that coming out party that surprised the rams mm -hmm. uh and you know then they got another look at him at the end of the regular season yeah and i i do think that they've got a scheme better uh to try to limit him you know this is their right. third try they've got some athletes they've got jalen ramsey um got to figure mcveigh and company will come up with something a little bit better mm -hmm. because it's it's clear you know, they want to run the offense through for Debo and Mitchell. Right. So um, that's a that's a big question mark of can he do it again? And did everything he went through against Green Bay in the cold, you know, all those hits, mm -hmm. um, you know, is he at 100 percent ready to put on another Debo show? Yeah, we'll have to see. Yes, we will. Well, what about the rest of the offense? Um, Brandon Ayuk is 5,000 on DraftKings. He was held scoreless, basically wasn't a part of the offensive attack in Green Bay um, Saturday. But in week 18, he had six catches for 107 yards on seven targets for 19.7 DraftKings points. So you could definitely look at Ayuk. Um, also Jennings, you know, he's 3,200, so he's almost min-price. He had a huge role in that game in week 18 when San Francisco came back and won. He had that catch on the touchdown pass from Samuel, but he also had six catches for 94 yards on seven touchdowns and two or on seven targets and two touchdowns for 27.4 DraftKings points. Little, you know, buyer beware there because he didn't really do anything like that the rest of the season. So it could have just been, you know, kind of that, that breakout game. And then he kind of goes back to what we saw from him most of the year. So that's a little bit of a cautionary tale there. And then George Kittle, um, he had five receptions for only 10 yards, but he was targeted seven times in week 18, um, was also targeted seven times in week 10. And, um, you know, he was a pretty big part of the game plan last week in Green Bay, and I think that he'll probably be a big part again. And then in, in showdown, I do like Robbie Gold. 
Um, as much as that pains me to say, um, I do like Robbie Gold. So, okay. Um, yeah, I'll just add that, um, you know, Jimmy G is still a little banged up with the thumb mm-hmm. and we know the passing volume hasn't been there lately because they want to run it so much. So that's the, the trade-off is do you get one of those standout performances like Ayuk and Jennings had in yeah. that end of the regular season matchup? Or, you know, is it just more ball control, less volume, uh, so they don't they don't get there? But certainly an attractive price for a guy like Jennings on thirty two hundred uh, with that with that sort of upside. Um, we've talked about Debo and his involvement in the rushing game. Any interest in Mitchell or Kyle Uzcheck? Um, there there is, but. I feel like I, I prefer some of the other running backs in the uh, Kansas City and, and Cincinnati game more. Uh, and I also like Cam Akers for the Rams. So I'm, I'm leaning more towards those guys over over uh, Mitchell at this point. Okay. Yeah, Mitchell continues to get huge touches in terms of carries. Uh, you know, not really involved in the passing game, though. So that, that does limit his upside mm-hmm. a little bit. And it is a tough matchup here against the Rams. Yeah. Um, you know, Fournette was able to score two on the ground. He and he caught nine for fifty-six, but that was you know, catch up the whole game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just don't throw it to Mitchell like right. Tampa has thrown it to Fournette. True. All right, let me let me hit the Ram side here and get going there with uh, the home squad. Um Stafford, you know, pretty impressive mm-hmm. uh against Tampa Bay. He threw for yeah. three hundred and sixty-six yards. Two touchdowns, no interceptions, hmm. uh, and he ran one in. But in this matchup, he has struggled. He's yeah. thrown two interceptions in each of the games. He has not thrown for over 250 yards. Uh, Sam Fran's a pretty tough defense across the board. Uh, I, I do like the matchup a little bit better through the air mm-hmm. uh, for some of these receivers, You know, primarily Cup. Yeah. And uh, no big surprise, Cup has been excellent against Sam Fran in both games 11 for 122 and then seven for 118 and a score coming off a monster game against Tampa nine for 183 and his touchdown I mean it's just eye-popping he just does it almost every single week he is ultra expensive though um I I do like him though I, I do plan to have him in the majority of my lineups uh the other pass catchers here, OBJ really trending up, becoming more involved than Van Jefferson. Uh, you know, I guess he's he's one way to get, uh, you know, sort of a more balanced lineup where instead of, you know, paying up for Cup and Debo and Hill, uh, if you go to somebody like OBJ, then, you know, the, the rest of your lineup is is pretty solid. Yeah. Um, but you know, in general, I, I don't think I'm going to go to two, you know, two receivers for the Rams, mm-hmm. uh, when in doubt, I, I really do want to lean towards exposure in the first game over this one. Yeah. Uh, but Higby is another way to get exposure to this game, save some money. 3,700 on DraftKings jumps mm-hmm. out at me. Yeah. 5,500 on, on FanDuel is solid. Uh, somehow he's really excelled against Mm -hmm. uh, the Niners. He caught one touchdown the first game, two touchdowns against them the second game. And if you just look at the numbers, 
you know, this is why we dig in. San Fran is uh, eighth toughest matchup for tight ends, but they've had a really easy schedule. They haven't faced Kelsey or Waller or mm-hmm. Andrews. And of course they haven't faced Kittle because he's on yeah. San Fran. So uh, some might say the top four tight ends they haven't faced, uh, but Higby, Higby's done excellent against them. Mm-hmm. You know, really involved again last week. Uh, Blanton, you know, here's the cautionary piece there, though. He got a touchdown last week against Tampa. So does he vulture a, a touchdown from Higby? Uh, that's a possibility. And then with the running game here, let's talk about Cam Akers because, mm-hmm. you know, he's certainly just completely taken over from Sonny Michelle. He got 24 carries against Tampa, but yeah. he only got 48 yards and he fumbled twice. Uh, he did catch three for 20 yards. Now, the two yards per carry, it doesn't really concern me that much because Tampa has such an incredible run defense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fumbles aren't what really ideally what you want. You know, it's another pretty tough matchup. Uh, but 5,000 on DraftKings mm-hmm. is, uh, I think, worth a look. So I kind of back and forth on Acres. Um, I, I do like CEH better than him. Uh, for 5,300, I think. Uh, I like Acres' role better, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I think that's where I'm leaning right now. But uh, you seem to have some interest in Acres. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I do like Acres. Um, he, he was targeted, what, like how many times was he targeted last week? Uh, he had three receptions. I don't have the target number in front of me. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, in the passing game, you know, I think that we saw that with Aaron Jones a little bit last week, you know, where they would dump it off to him and he had some success in that passing game. So I could see yeah. him doing something similar to that. Yeah, he really did. That's a, that's a good stat. That one jumped out for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I kind of ran through those, all those pass catchers uh, and you didn't weigh in there. Any thoughts yeah. on cup and company? Yeah, definitely. Cooper cup. Um, probably one of my top plays this weekend for sure. And um, Tyler Higby, I mean, he's he's had a lot of success, like you said. He had that that last time they played, he had that injury, and it looked like he was going to be done for the day. And then he goes out and catches two touchdowns after that. So that was pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, Higby and Cup for sure. Okay, excellent. Well, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, even if it doesn't live up to the four games from last weekend. I think it's going to be an awesome Sunday, and we can't wait to finalize these lineups for the members. So jump in with us if you'd like, dfscoachtalk.com. Again, any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at dfscoachtalk. And then, before you know it, we'll have a Super Bowl show that we'll have to get ready for, Crash. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely definitely looking forward to that. Still getting over my pain and my wounds from last week, but I'll be there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the best way to deal with that is just dive into the slate for the next week. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Thank you again for tuning in and joining us here. Uh, Check out all of our podcasts the rest of the week and hit the thumbs up if you don't mind. And uh, we'll be back again for the Super Bowl show for sure as we look to crush it in DFS.